Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. So Gregory, you're watching this sort of uh, kind of I'm not sure the word intimate is um, right for it, but this like very close conversation between uh, uh, Bjorn and sister Margaret, as they're like discussing this body and like, like poking at it and touching it. And how, how's that making you feel actually? He is definitely being a bit weirded out right now because he, he you know, he, he's used, he's, he, he well, he's not, didn't really get used to the, to the bodies during the war, but he he was he was still mostly used to like somewhat used to the idea of seeing you know, dead men or lying around, but seeing a dead naked woman that's that's a bit of a rarer sight for him. And just to see them like just casually poking them, prodding at it, he is he is very odd, weirded out by because he he just doesn't really like he doesn't know how they could be so casual about it to him it seems. So you're standing there with this um, half laundered piece of dark cloth. Uh, what are you doing as they're? continue on their investigation he, he'll like wait for a bit to, to you know presume he thinks that they'll just talk for a bit then they'll get on but as the conversation keeps going he will find that he starts to get awkward waiting there's like you're just sort of standing there pulling the cloth looking at a dead body it's okay he'll just sort of like you know, you see like he takes a, like a deep breath and just sort of like pushes past him just like just wrapping up the body so you uh you you finished. We can you move on with your thing as we get this get this woman some dignity. Go ahead, please throw the sheet down. All right, all right. And then, like cover the body. So I don't quite know what we're going to do with her next. Uh, if no one knows who she is, then I suppose we'll have to make some make it make it some kind of grave for her. Right thing to do, I suppose. Real quick, uh, have you pulled her out of the water, or is she still kind of like half floating in there? She's on the beachhead, like the okay. the yeah, the riverbed. Excuse me, keep getting, getting terms mixed up. Well, Gregory, this is something that's been I've been struggling with. First thing is we're gonna have to re- figure out what the cause of death is. We'll have to see. Do you know of any medical practitioners in the city that you've come across? What do you have? Margaret, <laughs> Margaret will kind of jump in and put her, her hand on her hip and like look at Bjorn as to say seriously. And she'll say, well, I'm not sure if I know of any physicians in here, but if a war nurse, a well-decorated one at that will do, I suppose I can have a gander at the body and see what I can find. I just kind of smirk at her, not in a disrespectful you know, way. I was like, well, Gandron and Sister Gandron. And I just like, I just kind of turn my back like respectfully and like kind of force Gregory to look away while you, you know, I think at this stage. We start, you know, respecting the fact that you know, we're covering her up and everything like that. So, okay. So, what she's going to do, she's going to kind of um, take the 
the cloth off the body and she's going to start first pinching the skin to see how much water it has swollen with. Uh, she's going to look at the fingertips and toes just to see how swollen they are. And then she's going to examine the back of the body to see if when she was dumped, she was alive or dead, et cetera. Look for bruising and blood patterns. And I suppose I will do a medicine roll to see if I succeed. And I do not. I get a 65 out of 20. Yeah, it's a bit difficult um, to tell a lot of these things. You do, however, have the feeling that she's been in the water probably less than two days. But like, you know, like it's difficult for you to tell like time of death because like she could have been taken out of the water or put back in. There's all these like what ifs going on in your mind. And like the the fact that uh, the fact that she is like white leads you to believe that she probably is somewhat local or at least the 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 dumping or the murder or the accident or whatever happened might have happened local um but because margaret and and tell me if this is wrong but would probably assume that like i don't know uh if it happened far away and then just floated downstream it probably wouldn't uh like be like a like a european descent woman right and it certainly wouldn't look as clean as this looks yeah but it's there's just too many variables for you to get like a like absolute like oh it's like exactly a day or like five hours or whatever so yeah and like cause of death like the immediate one it's you're thinking drowning but then there's this weird puncture marks under her breast so it's just like so many what ifs all right so she will turn to uh Bjorn and gregory she will tap gregory on the shoulder to let him know it's safe to turn around and she'll have the body covered up again she'll say well she's been dead under 48 hours that much i can tell and that matches up with the fact that nobody knows her and usually if you're here for at least 48 hours Someone has talked to you, someone has seen you, and nobody has reported her missing. So I can put her at under 48 hours. Anything beyond that is difficult to tell. I would believe she's a local given her complexion, her hair color, eye color. But unfortunately, anything more than that down to the hour, I can't tell. There just isn't enough information and too many variables. I don't know if she's been touched by anybody else, fished out, dumped back in. But 48 hours is all I can tell you. So, Sister Miller, can you go get Father Nos for me real quick? I certainly can. Please excuse me. And she'll bow her head and be on her way. I look at Gregory and I say, we need to go into the city. But I need you to send word to your brother. What for? And I kind of like look at the river and I look back at him. Stuff like this cannot happen with no lawmen in town. Well, I think that's why they happen in this town with no lawmen. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is the sort of thing that does happen in towns with no lawmen. Exactly. And I think we need to remedy that. But I think your brother and his poll with the federal government may be able to help with that. I don't know. I've seen a lot of angry tempers when the army tries to go on places and say that the law. We think for sure we had a whole war about people who wanted to say the army didn't want to tell them what to do. It's not the army that I want to be the law. And I just kind of look at him, steely-eyed. You? Yes. Well, look, I think you're worse, man, for the job. 
it was my job, literally. I just got like like a. Oh yeah, so, sorry. It's forgot what I forgot what just said. That it's been a few. I'm busy with work. Listen, we got to go to the city. Please get word to your brother. But we need to find a uh, see if there's an undertaker for this right. lady. And I want to talk to this man that you spoke to, the one who helped you get the lease. All right. Well, hopefully they'll be able to tell us if it's just some poor pilgrim who died on the way here. For all we know, it could just be someone died on the way here. She's not a poor pilgrim. She's not a lady of the night either. What, who is she? What, what, she? I don't know who she is, but I can tell definitely by what I'm able to identify. She's probably of someone of high standing. Hmm. Or a higher oh, standing. Oh, that does change things. She, she, her disappearance would probably be noticed. That's why I want to talk to this man who helped you get the deal. All right. Another thing before we, uh, before Sister Miller comes back, uh, I don't know. Something, she seems worked up about something. Well, Since, you know, it, as, as much as he tries to say she wasn't, you know, she is still a woman. <laughs> sorry. I, I sorry, know. Out of yeah. Sorry to all the <laughs> <laughs> sexism. No, but, uh, um, I don't mean that way. I mean, she she saw something on the body, a bite mark. She doesn't think it's canine. Yeah, she told me about that. So she says she saw it somewhere else, and she's being awfully guarded with where she's seen it. Hmm. She doesn't have anyone here to watch out for her, so say we do our best. Maybe we should bring her to the city with us. What do you think? Well, the town's just you know not that far away. So we'll have her come with. Well, I'm going to have Father Nos kind of see if he could take care of the body until we find a find an undertaker and all right some and then steps we'll dip that point just you know grab the body and just sort of hop you know pick it up grab the what i'm sorry grab the body and just start take, oh. taking it over oh okay <laughs> he's the blacksmith he's got the arms for it i know i know i forget like how big he is you know I'm like oh shit i'd pull my back out you know what i mean <laughs> and it doesn't take um sister miller that uh long to return with uh father nos and toe um it's this, this area that you're in is maybe five, 10 minutes um, walk from the camp that uh, you guys put together and just, uh, yeah, just uh, barely enough time um, has passed for uh, the clothing that um, Margaret had been uh, wearing to um, almost dry out. But uh, yeah, father, uh, father Nos kind of um, kneels down and, you know, says a few powder nosters over the, uh, body and um, agrees that uh, you know putting together a service and uh, giving her a proper Christian burial is the right thing to do, and agrees to your plan, Bjorn, of looking after her until such ser- services could be arranged. I just have one quick question before I take these two back to the city to talk to him, to talk to uh, Father Nas. I just kind of pull him aside real quick, and I just look at him. I'm like, "Do you feel safe here?" As safe as I could be. I have uh, a, cl- a close group of uh, Christian brothers and sisters with me, and I I have the sword of God at my hand. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like nod, and I'm like, uh, are you armed? What other than the, with the sword? He kind of smiles. And uh, Gregory, you kind of um, remember seeing him like wielding like a cudgel as he and Russ Freeman had. Uh, arrived um to the campfire after the incident i take it you are then i would just say maybe for the next couple nights you and your brothers and sisters can keep an eye open at night 
I don't know if this body was dropped here if it washed ashore. Uh, Father Nos um, nods his head and is like, I'll pray on it and we will be ever vigilant. I just kind of nod and then I guess I'll walk up to Gregory and Mar- or Sister Miller. I'm like, Sister Miller, would you like to come to the city with us? The city? What for? We're going to go see if we can find an undertaker. I have uh, I have words I would like to sh- uh, speak with this man that uh, Gregory uh, got his leases from. I think he would notice if someone of high standing or would hear someone was missing from the city. You could stay here if, if you would like. She takes a second to think about it. Her mind is currently on Lavender, and Lavender suffered the same type of puncture wound injuries, and she would hate to see something happen to her and her body float down the river while she's gone. So she's going to shake her head and say, "Uh, thank you, Mr. Hagman, but I'm going to have to politely decline. That seems like a job for you and Mrs. Smith. I kind of just nod to her, and then I'm like, uh, I think for a second, like, I'm like, think of i want to like press her but i don't want to press her on like where she's seen those bite marks you know so uh i just kind of nod for a second like i i look at her like i'm thinking about saying something and then i just like shake my head and i go towards my well towards our horses because we ran down here but go towards our horses with gregory uh mr hagman do you know Mm. when you would return i and i kind of look like what time is it now anyways i like pull out my pocket watch it's in the afternoon probably around two o'clock at this point Early evening, I would assume. All right. Uh, I wish you luck on your travels. God be with you. And uh, don't forget what I told you earlier. Then I just kind of like look at her for a second. And I just kind of like nod and I turn around. And right as soon as like we're walking away, I look at Gregory. I'm like, how long would it take to get word to your brother? That would take a bit long. Well, getting there wouldn't be too long, but getting there and back, that's uh, probably. You send a messenger? Yeah, they have messengers. Gregory, you would know that um, in a couple nights, um, you would expect uh, your brother to kind of show up to do his moonlighting gig at the woodcutters, anyways. Uh, so yeah, uh, explain to Bjorn. Yeah, my brother. He sometimes he does come down here for extra work, just near the uh, sawmill. Uh, if I think if I if I get, got my days right, there should be tonight. Should be another one of those nights you come by. I kind of look at him. Yeah. Can you set up a time for him and I to sit down? Well, I could I could just sit, just go over there and ask and see what what time is in. Yeah, let, yeah, we'll do that while we're in town. All right. So you help um, Father Nos um, to carry the body back to the church where he basically, you know, takes charge of it just to kind of get it out of the elements a bit, and you make your preparations and um, head off into town. Sister Miller, what are you planning on doing during this time? I figure Margaret is going to go back to her tent to make sure her book is hidden. She's going to go check on Lavender. And as long as she's alive and, you know, still doing her work, she's going to come back and search in the book to see if there's sort of any sort of bestiary of anything unusual that she can peruse through. Yeah, I mean, Lavender, as you know, would probably be likely just waking up at this point and you don't really know where she stays or lives but um yeah you, you can you could um peruse um anything else that uh, you'd like yes and she wouldn't know where she is what i mean is she would pop her head by the silver dollar just check on you know the uh the mom of the establishment that you know she showed up for her shift or something like that and then go back to her tent I'm I'm assuming that Sister Michael would need some consoling, but when she got time to herself, she probably would dive into the book and see if she could find anything on like superhuman animals, etc. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd also want to time it differently because you just like told uh, Bjorn and Gregory that you declined to go into town with them and they're presumably heading over to the Silver Dollar. Why would they go to the Silver Dollar if they're leaving town? I'm confused. No, I thought they were heading into town. We're heading into town. We're heading into town to see if we can find uh, Undertaker and then to talk to this man that Gregory made the deal with. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, because my, my rationale is like, this guy knows things, knows people. And I mean, I don't want to give away too much of what my yeah. conversation is going to be like. But yeah, I, 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 you guys can do whatever you like. I just want to make sure that like, we're, we're sure what we're doing. I mean, she could put on a mustache and then like, like who's that <laughs> dude walking by? Okay, he's here to get a whore. No, cool. she'd probably wait till, you know, peak whoring hours to pop in. Peak okay. whoring hours. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, you you go and uh, you could console Sister Michael. She's putting on quite a bright face, um, considering everything. And to be fair, she's more interested in how you're doing because uh, between the two of you, you're the one who lost nine sanity. Well, I think Margaret would explain kind of her her ascent, her eventual calm down. As you know, I've seen a lot of dead people. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people in pain. And not that it makes you hard to the suffering of others, but it, it definitely does help you steal your emotions so that you can take action where needed. But, but sister, you, you don't have to play brave with me. I could tell you were genuinely frightened about something. Well, certainly what, what we did see was absolutely mentally scarring, but somebody had to be brave and I didn't want you touching it. Somebody had to get, you know, Mr. Hagman. And I knew he would be able to do what was necessary along with Mr. Smith. So thankfully, thank God they came to us. God sent them to our way before we even had to call out for them. And um, well, I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm hurting as much as you are, but I've been trained in some way by the military to just hide it a little better. Can you make me a psychology role? No, I got a 65 out of 30. Yeah. she She's looking at you with like the, like side eye and yeah, the, Sort of like to, as to say, like, I'm not buying it. So Margaret just kind of gives her a, a pathetic little shrug and says, well, it's all I've got. And she kind of laughs weakly and um, gives Sister Michael a tight hug and says, I'm here for you. You know that any time of day or night when you need me, I'll be here. I'm sure that whatever happened to that woman won't happen to anybody else here now that Mr. Hagman's around. Of course, of course, our our brothers in Christ will look after us. You you had a you had a long day. Uh, why don't you um, get comfortable, and I'll bring you some tea. Perhaps you can, I don't know, do a bit more of your uh, Bible study while I, I know, crochet something. Yes, I I would love to do that. So yeah, she disappears for uh, a little bit and comes back with a couple uh, mugs of chamomile, and um, like really looks uh doesn't seem surprised or anything as as you pull open a book or whatever i would imagine of course she's reading the bible because she's not gonna whip out the the creepy witch book in front of sister michael but in her head she's kind of counting the minutes till sister michael leaves so she can read her book yeah and like she's there for like maybe like a half hour finishing her tea and then gets off to you know Go take care of some necessities and you're left alone for a while. So once Sister Michael's gone, she's going to wait a couple minutes and kind of pop her head out of her tent 
to make sure that she's really gone and not, you know, kind of spying around. She sort of, it's not that she doesn't trust Sister Michael, but she sees her as kind of like an older sister figure where she could easily tattletale on her and is really kind of just keeping an eye on the mischievous little sister. So once she sees that she's got, you know, the area to herself, she's going to close her tent, make sure that everything is like as close as it can be so that she can make sure she can see people. She's going to light a little lantern just so she can see any shadows that may be incoming. And she's going to open the book and start reading in the kind of table of contents to see what, um, what she could look. And I think she would pop open uh, lessons from the dark continent. So here is a little snippet of lessons from the dark continent. We are all slaves to something, whether the drink, the opium, the power, or the life. And as you read that, you see that the life is in all capital letters. War, too, comes from many forms, but the eternal struggle of our kind, again in capital letters, is what will ultimately soak the world in blood. And it goes on to like, kind of like seems really self-indulgent, talking about this man who claims to have like traveled to the far corners of Africa and was performing magical rituals that that stunned even like the local witch doctors and yeah basically ends with um, him like murdering one of the witch doctors in order to gain his power and um, was able to gather a bunch of uh, followers from them and basically like talked about how he considered to like start and make war upon um, the other people's land and take over. But um, then he just kind of uh, gave it up because he's so um, enlightened. Yeah. It it reads like a bunch of BS to you. Margaret sort of groans as she reads it, but she forces herself to read the whole thing because of course, you know, she's afraid if she kind of skims it or skips a couple pages, she'll be missing what she's looking for. But it just sounds like a whole lot of self-aggrandizing, you know, man speak so she rolls her eyes and thinks to herself well it wasn't something that came here you know brought by the moors by the slaves so she's going to go back to the table of contents and journey into the orient is the next one but it looks like there's no orientals that she can think of and there's no the next one is secrets of arabia and the himalayas and she doesn't see that there's anybody like that in town And she's already looked through blood rituals of the Aztecs, but she's going to pop that one open again just to kind of skim it through and see if there was anything she missed on the first pass that could have indicated anything like a supernatural creature that could be brought over that would have that specific bite mark. I mean, we already read this one into the record, but uh, this is the one where actually they had two of the, the book refers to them as magical spells, whether you believe it or not, that, uh, you heard of earlier it even had the the one on taming gin that's not really your expert area of expertise but rattles on about uh that it seems a little out of place given the subject i'm heading but um also the body warping of gogoratha spell is within this section as well so she vaguely knows that a gin is something that comes from the lands of Arabia. So she's not going to even look at that. And from what she knows of it, it's just kind of like some sort of trickster deity. I mean, Margaret does have some points in a cult. So she kind of knows the bare minimum of things from other cultures. And of course, how they're all wrong because Jesus is right. And um, 
So she skips right through that and she looks at the second spell and that's the one that she had been reading when the weird stuff happened to her in the bath. So she's tempted to reread it. Part of her thinks that she just fell asleep in the bathtub, but part of her is really worried that because she read from this forbidden godless book that something bad happened. So as tempted as she is to reread that, she's afraid of having the same thing happen to her again. So she slams the book closed and, you know, kind of forcefully throws it against her bedding material. And she's very frustrated and says, oh, you stupid, stupid man. I open your book looking for answers and all you give me is absolute gibberish. Worthless, worthless gibberish. Uh, Can you make me a sanity roll? Yep, I passed 28 under 52. Yeah, you don't lose any. It's You're basically just kind of angry about the amount of time you've put into this um, project so far. All right, so Bjorn and Gregory, are the two of you planning to walk or ride into town? Ride, I, I was going to ride. That's how real men walk into town. They ride. Gregory was... Uh, I think he initially just suggested that he just walk into the town, but then Greg, but then Bjorn says he got to ride in, and Gregory goes along with it because, well, he, he's got all right. We got to make it make an impression, I guess. Yeah, and Bjorn, you have payday, and Gregory, did you have a horse? I can't remember. I think maybe he had like you know like something on the something like pulling the carts and stuff. So I'd say yeah. maybe he had like a. I I, re- I kind of recall like. Um, um, someone was going to trade you like um, some money and uh, like a small like mule or something for some of your oxen. Yeah, I, I'd say we, we can say I, I got I got a horse, I got borrow a horse or something. Sure. So the two of you um, get access to some of the few horses in your camp. You could also borrow one from like uh, Russ or one of the drovers as well. So you ride off, um, the two of you ride off into town, um, sun starting to set at the, your back, because being almost autumn, it's, you know, it's about, uh, let's say like 4.30, so it's starting to set, but, uh, you know, just just enough of that western feel to, like, to have like an orangish sky in the background as you make your way up uh, Main Street and kicking up dust as you ride, dust which uh, soon will be covered in snow all too soon and you dismount and attach your horses to the tethering posts um, outside of the largest structure in town the silver dollar i'll head in first they i actually know what the guy looks like and i'll be able to like start the conversation better off i kind of just follow the lead yeah and again it's it's the same ruckusy scene that you've seen several times before you see um Brian, the bartender, is serving an already busy amount of patrons, um, some brown beer and these uh, tall glasses, amber bottles of liquid, dachshunds um, barking everywhere, a couple poker games going on. And uh, you see a few um, um, familiar faces, including uh, Henry Greer sitting at the bar talking with some people. And uh, you would also notice... Oh, uh, Herman the Jew Brewster, um, who seems to be concluding business um, in another corner of the uh, bar. You see several uh, ladies uh, looking at you, Gregory, and trying to entice you to spend some of your coin with them. Um, Bjorn, you don't really get that offer outright. So yeah, uh, Gregory, he'll just make a beeline straight towards the uh, the Jew, and he'll just sort of, you know, I'll wait a minute so I make sure he's not, you know, 
or talking to someone else. He doesn't want. He's not that rude to someone who could possibly have him killed. Yeah, you 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 wait, and you're still in like your shot of him, and basically, it's just like another farmer who's come in, and they make they make terms to meet tomorrow morning at the uh, SA office to finalize um, payments. Just said you had a couple weeks earlier. Yeah, uh, Herman, I'm recognizing you, Gregory. Kind of smiles, says, "My friend, uh, come to spend some more of your money here." No, no, I have different. I uh, come to bring news. Uh, at that point, he'll sort of like uh, woman's body, must up, just washed up by the by, uh, wa- by the washing tent. I'm watching his reaction to all this, by the way, too, just like seeing how he reacts. Actually, you could both make me a psychology roll then. All right, one second. Actually, a very important skill in in this uh, game. It's seeming to be. Yeah, I got three. At thirty one, I did not make it. I got three out of fifty. Well, um, Gregory, as you're talking to him, you're kind of um, just kind of telling him like the story as you found it, and Bjorn, you kind of like see him like go a little pale at the point where. Gregory mentions that it was a woman who watched up and the, you see like a little bit of panic come across his face and with your exceptional success, make sure you check, by the way, um, yeah. it might actually be permanently checked for you by this point. <laughs> you you notice that like he's trying, like he notices you noticing and then tries to hide his reaction, but fails. So was his reaction more of a reflex of hearing that a woman died or did it seem like more like, like, uh, I, I don't want to say it like this, but I'm going to say it like this more like, oh shit, like kind of reaction. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of the secret is out more or is it more like, oh fuck, a woman died. Sure. Like, yeah. Like um, a body washed up, no effect on him. It yeah. was a woman. That's what gets the reaction. Okay. Yeah. So it's that maternal, whatever every man has, like, I got gotcha. you. Actually, um, with your um, exceptional success, you you have a feeling that uh, his reaction was more than just like the you know man protecting a woman sort of thing. You 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 think that there might be some sort of like other concern related to it, other oh. than other than just um, like you know protection. Oh. So just a oh, huh. So I'm just gonna let Gregory keep talking. You know what I mean for now as I'm watching this man speak. And um, yeah, Herman basically kind of nods along with um, as you tell him the story, Gregory, and uh, seems to like let you finish basically before really interrupting you at all. So women, and I say uh, once he once he's finished done talking, you know what I mean? Um, oh, did, or did you want to talk or go ahead, Gregory? I apologize. I, I mean, go ahead, Joaquin. Out of character. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Uh, we can't. Well, yeah. So no one, no one seems to recognize her. And well, according to what uh, Sister Margaret seemed to be able to tell us, she did. She didn't. She didn't exactly look like she'd been uh, living rough, rough, rough riding for the last few days or even a while. So she had to have been around here somewhere with some means to her. Um, Herbert will ask um, you for a description. And I'll, yeah, Gregor will just give the best he can. You know, pale skin, dark. Maybe dark hair. It's you know, it was wet. It's hard to tell accurately. Yeah, like by the time you guys got her back to the church, it dried off. It it's probably like a like a dirty blonde or like light chestnut color. So yeah, like when we relay that information, and Herman kind of nods along, and kind of like um, 
you notice that there seems to be like a sort of relief that comes off of him, Bjorn, having just critted your psychology after getting the description. You seem relieved that, uh, what, that she's blonde? That it's kind of like I'm playing like kind of dumb, you know what I mean, with them or. All right, I got to make a roll for him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he um, uh, he, he starts to smile. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't personally know anyone fitting that description. But you knew someone else who was missing, right? I mean, it's it's a rough world out here. People go missing all the time. People. Well, that's strange because you just seemed like invested. You seemed worried when you said someone washed up. Now you seem relieved when you describe someone. So that in turn tells me then that you were thinking it could be someone that, you know, uh, he starts off and then uh, like, can I you... roll my intimidate? Yes, <laughs> actually. <laughs> actually. Yes. All right. I want to roll my intimidate here real quick. Sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick to you story. No, 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 no. It's, it's good okay. that you're using your skills. That's what they're yeah. there for. Yeah. So let me go ahead and right, give me a second. Five out of 60. Yes. I'm marking that off. Yes, first off, check it. Um, yeah. uh, check it. Um, he sort of starts um, like mumbling a little bit, and like like he's he's like really backing down as much as he could. He he's obviously conceded like um, the uh, the power in the room to you, Bjorn, and he's just yeah. kind of like he's being a bit meek and belittled now. So he's just kind of like making himself um, small about it, and. Uh, Gregory, uh, you notice that um, um, as you're, as the three of you are kind of having this conversation, you've drawn the eye of someone else that you know inside this establishment. What was the creepy dude in the white suit? I forget his uh, name. No, you you haven't seen him, um, but uh, you do notice the uh, guy in his early forties with the bristly dark hair and Scottish accent, paying uh, close attention to your conversation. I forget who that is. <laughs> oh, just just a just a very friendly man who introduced himself to you as Hendry. Oh yeah, thank you. And I, I, I guess now uh, now he wants now Gregory's wondering does he want to have Bjorn come over there and do do his ma- work his magic on him too or what? I'm not done with this dude yet. You know exactly. what I mean? That's, that's why he's like, dang it, he's he's getting. He's apparently he's doing something to get information out of out of the Jew, but he, he's like, oh, there's more sources. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna ask. So, uh, Bjorn, uh, what? How are you laying into this guy? Because you basically yeah. have him at uh, your mercy now. So I'm gonna lean forward in because I'm not like I'm doing like subtle intimidation. I'm not doing like yo bro, like pounding my chest or whatever. And I'm gonna lean forward and I'm almost gonna like use my ugliness in a and as a way as a tool, you know. And I'm just going to kind of like lean on one forearm and like stare at him. And I'm going to be like, you know, when stuff like this happens and there's no law, people tend to take it into their own hands. And I'm like looking at him intently. I'm like, you need to tell me what you know. If it's not important, we'll move on. And I just, and he's seeming really nervous at this point. Yeah. I just, I'm just very glad it's not one of ours, you know, um, you know, one of your horse. And he kind of looks down almost as if in shame. So one of your whores, you're, you're, were you expecting one, though, to no, no. one dropped off in the river? Of course not. Of course not. Um, we just, you know, there's, you know, a bit of a premium over here on, uh, you know, pretty gals. 
And then I go ahead and I like take my other hand, like I'm going to rest it, you know, on top of my other, but I have my pistol in it. I like put it on the table and then I put my other hand over it. Makes a I loud look, clunking sound. Yeah, um, yeah. You got metal on wood. Yeah. And, and I look at him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I look at him and I'm like, you know, I used to be a lawman, son. And as you say that, a few heads uh, in the bar kind of turn and face. And Gregory, you're noticing all this as you're watching the scene <laughs> unfold you. And <laughs> so Gregory is internally debating whether or not he should take a step away from Bjorn or not, just in case the gunfire starts. And so I'm going to like lead in and I'm like, tell me who could have done something like this. I know you know. Get it done with and I'll leave you. At that point, um, Herman, uh, the Jew... Brewster kind of just starts weeping at the table and uh, the the very polite uh, Scottish man um, named Hendry kind of goes up like, well, fellas, there's no reason here to start fights inside my establishment. I look up, (laughs) I look up, I'm like, there's no fighting here. We're having to talk. Go get yourself a drink. And I turned around and look at like, I'm like doing that thing. You know, you see in the movies where people are trying to like inject and like me and this, the Jew, and I'm not like, he's a derogatory, but we have like this connection. You know what I mean? And I'm just looking, I'm like, tell me now, boy. So I would say either fast talk, persuade or intimidation. It could go either three in my opinion, but probably more of an intimidation. Oh, intimidation. Let's do it. They're both the same. So let's go ahead and do intimidation. So oh yeah 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 yeah. fuck this hope this doesn't backfire i'm fucking rolling good i'm gonna push this so let's say i failed so let's say Mm -hmm. actually hold on a second how much luck do i have right now i have my luck i got 23 luck i need to spend 19 to get that to be a success Uh, yeah that's a bit that's a lot yeah i'm gonna push it so let's say push it if i fail I get like fucking booted out. You know what I mean? Like I get pressured out. Like everyone's like, you need to sure. get the fuck out of here. All right. 54 by the skin of my teeth. So just as you're like laying into this guy even more, like you, you Gregor, you're seeing like some other, like, uh, like toughs kind of um, come in to back up uh, presumably their boss in all this. And you're recognizing Gregory having like a good view of everything that, they're backing up Hendry, not uh, not uh, uh, Herman, in in all this. But uh, Bjorn, you kind of like give him like like the wild eye, sort of like a different flavor than what uh, you shot over to your comrades just earlier at the river, and like basically he's kind of startled by what's going on, and throughout all this, Herman just continues to weep and you've you noticed uh gregory how a few more of the patrons are just dropping some coin at the bar and throwing back their shot really quick and just kind of getting out of here so i'm gonna grab herman by his shirt. I, i'm not doing it forcefully but i'm leaning right i'm gonna pull his shirt gently and i'm gonna whisper in his ear because i pretty much have figured out like my time is up you know i'm gonna whisper to him like you don't tell me what does i need to know i will find where you sleep and now we'll get the answers then. And I look, I like pull him back. I look at him and I whisper back in ears. Like, I will kill a man if it's for the right reasons. And then I like gently push him back. And I look at him. <laughs> Make me another psychology roll. Okay. Psychology. Oh, sorry. God damn. Pull my app out. Uh, 72, but I'm going to push it. Can I push it? Sure. What's your uh, consequence if you mess psychology, this Psychology. If I mess it. Like he just shuts down. He doesn't fucking, you know what I mean? Like, 
Sure. Are you, it's like, let's make it better. If I fail it, I scare him too much. And like, he just balls. He goes into hysterics and he like, he's, doesn't fucking he's tell me close to that already. So sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it pushes him over the edge, you know, I, I fail it. So he pretty much like, yeah, go ahead. yeah, he's um just crying. Like uh, Gregory through the calmness um, that you're exhibiting, you, you smell urine uh, like, like, you notice like Hendry doesn't even know what to do about this at this point. Um, looking around, uh, he's like, how do I stop this? He doesn't seem like he knows how to at this point. There's just like this wild dog who just set loose inside his bar room. Basically, anyone who has any sense has already left. Poor, poor Herman is just besides himself. And he's just looking for any possible escape you can get. I think by that point, Gregory Hill, like, you know, saying, we got to leave now. They're just sort of, without, without taking his eyes off, like, Gendry and all the, Hendry, whatever his name is, and all the rest, they sort of, like, you know, reach around and grab grab uh, Bjorn and just be like, okay, time to leave. And I get up and, and I, like, like grab him. yeah, I get up and I do the plight thing. I holster my weapon and then I just, like, push the chair in and I kind of, like, slide my hair back and, like, put my hat on and then I, like when i walked past the scottish dude i just stopped for a second and i just give him a look up and down you know what i mean and i look him in the eyes and then i just like turn and walk out with uh gregory out the the silver dollar and as you leave uh gregory the observant man throughout all this you're noticing that uh like Hendry is basically like just standing there alone and then he just looks over to like one of his aides like get that man out up out of here and one of the the toughs goes and like picks the still sobbing uh herman up and like carries him um like fireman style up the stairs if you like the style and feel of missouri crossing then you'll like diluted set in 1848 diluted follows a coterie who have set themselves to find out who is behind a mysterious tonic that plagues the kindred society of victorian england 